As Taylor Swift said, I can see us lost in the memory. August slipped away into a moment in time. The Dodgers uh, have one one day left in August. They're 24 and four in August now after sweeping the Diamondbacks. This time it was the Ryan and Ryan connection, Pepio and Yarbrough combining to shut out the Diamondbacks. Offense showed up again. We'll talk all about that. Then we'll talk about the Braves coming to town with the Dodgers in shouting distance of the number one seed in the National League and wondering if the Dodgers actually want the number one seed. And finally, we'll talk about the National League Cy Young race and whether Clayton Kershaw has a chance even with his long injured list stint. That's what's on tap. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now. Think me an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. That guy next to me is Vince Samperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by Bunches. Download the Bunches app today. And when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description show notes to join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today. And Vince, uh, Dodgers continued their dominant August. Uh, you sent me a, a stat that you saw on Twitter or the artist formerly known as Twitter. It's from ESPN stats and info. The Dodgers in August over the last four seasons, now 88 and 23. That's a 793 winning percentage. That is the best winning percentage in a single month over a four season span in major league history with a minimum of 80 games. Uh, pretty dominant. And it, it's crazy. This is four straight years. They've won at least three quarters of their games in the month of August. This is actually the best of any of those months. At worst, they're going to go 24 and five. This month, hopefully 25 and four, we'll see later today when the Braves come to town. But uh, it's been a pretty good month. And this series against the Diamondbacks was kind of the perfect encapsulation of that month, I think. Yeah. And it, it's starting to feel like 2020, 2017, like work, like it's, it's just an easy win. Like there was no stress, no pressure. Now, obviously, not all the games in this month were like that, but there were a lot of games like that. They, I saw another side thing from Sarah Lang saying the Dodgers uh, won a bunch of games by more than one run this month. They're like tied for like six best all time in a month for winning games by more than one run. So, yeah, it, it thoroughly dominated the losses. You can count them on one hand for the month. And it was a month where, you know, they played teams. They played some bad teams, but they played some teams that are in contention or in playoff spots at the moment. You know, for every A's and Rockies, there was a Brewers, uh, you know, Marlins, Guardians, Red Sox. Those teams were all within striking distance of the playoffs. Diamondbacks, two different times, beat them five, five of those five times. So, yeah, it was a, a dominant month. And now we look forward to the last month of the season. The Dodgers could go 500 and still win 98 games, I believe. So they put themselves in position to, you know, be prepared and hopefully be healthy going into October. Yeah, they're on pace for 102 wins. Uh, if they play in September like they did in August, it's more like 108, you know. 
Uh, they probably won't get to 111. Theoretically, 113 is still possible uh, this year if they were to not lose another game. I'm not going to get my hopes that high, but uh, this is like we uh, I, I got a direct message during this game on Wednesday night uh, talking about somebody uh, who was it who asked me about it. I want to name him by name since, you know, I like to do that when our listeners hit me up. Mike Markham at Mike Markham 17 on Twitter. Uh, he hit me up and he said a few months back when the Diamondbacks were in first and all the experts were on the Diamondbacks bandwagon, you said something in one of your podcasts about the youth and inexperience of Diamondbacks may cause them trouble in the final months of the season. While the Dodgers have experience and veteran leadership to help them through times when things aren't going their way, something like that. You were very prophetic back then. And I replied and I said, yeah, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I've been right about a lot of stuff this year. Like when, when the off season was going on Vince, like when, the winter meetings and everybody except the Dodgers spent $85 zillion at the winter meetings. And we said, okay, but you know, do we, do we want them to have spent that money on that player and that money on that player? Like there weren't that many players who we wish the Dodgers had gotten that contract, you know, and the Dodgers, yeah, they lost a couple of guys, but they still had a really good team. And we said that all spring, the Dodgers, like everybody was overlooking the Dodgers and it was a fun position to be in for once. But uh, I don't think it was homerism. I think it was like, I try to be pretty realistic about the Dodgers. You know, I, I recognize their weaknesses, but looking at this team coming into the season, I thought, I, I said, this team is going to win somewhere between 97 and 105 games. And although the way they've done, it has not been the way we thought it would have been. No, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, but the fact that like I knew their offense was going to be fine. They lost Trey Turner and Justin Turner, but the guys they replaced them with and everything, it's like, they're going to be just fine. And uh, you know, the fact that they have overcome probably the worst injury season to a pitching staff we've ever seen for these Dodgers uh, is pretty remarkable, but we knew this was going to be a good team. And so I'm not surprised. I'm just having fun with it, you know? Yeah. And now we're seeing, you know, even the trade deadline when, when people weren't happy about it and, you know, all I did was tweet out Ryan Yarbrough's last three appearances when they traded for him. That all happened to be good, but I just tweeted out no, no, no comment or anything, and people were ripping me like, "Oh yeah, there's no way you could defend this trade," and blah blah. And I, was, and I said, I didn't say anything. I just put this out there, and no central or AL Central merchant. And look, he's been good. Ryan Pepio's back. Like now that the Pepio that we're seeing right now. Makes you think like, damn, I wish he didn't get hurt. And I wish we could have seen what he would have done over the course of a season. Like, is this what Ryan Pepio is? Or is he just, you know, or is this what he is right now? Because he didn't throw it like he's fret. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of questions there, but he's looked really good. The changeup's looking good. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if things, you know, continue to go this way that we see Pepio in October. And we we're definitely going to see Yarbrough in October for sure. Yeah, Pepio is definitely working hard on pitching himself onto the playoff roster. And, you know, that that injury could be a blessing in disguise for the Dodgers. Maybe not for him, but, you know, for the Dodgers, for him to be fresh and have, he's got, you know, assuming he sticks in the rotation, Dave Roberts isn't ready to commit to him staying in the rotation, but he also said that if he keeps pitching well, he's going to keep getting shots. So he's probably going to get four or five more starts this season, which is more time to get confidence and heading to October relatively fresh and ready to contribute. And whether that is as a starter or as, you know, the role that Ryan Yarbrough filled here, pitching four innings in relief, uh, you know, it there's there's a lot that Ryan Pe Pepio could probably contribute to this team in October if he's pitching like this. 
Yeah, he had the swing and miss going tonight. He had five swings and misses on the changeup, which is, you know, as we know, his bread and butter page, five on 18. I also had four on 18 on the four-seam fastball. So when, you know, when guys were swinging at his pitches, they weren't making contact at a high rate. And, yeah, he was pretty much fastball changeup the entire night, mixed in only, I think, seven sliders total. So this is one of those nights where, you know, we've talked about him and how he can develop, and he needs that third pitch. And he's been using that third pitch, but he didn't really need it this game because he was dominating with his best two pitches, which are the fastball and changeup. I think it was Marte's first time up. He uh, he threw a couple of really good changeups to him. Marte battled, you know, fouled one off. It took one, um, but he he got he changed his eye level and then he threw a ninety-five mile an hour fastball about four inches above the zone and got the swing and miss. And it's like it was it looked like a guy who's been in the league for ten years. Uh, the way he worked that at bat, it was really kind of a microcosm of what he can be when he when his stuff is working and it all plays off the changeup. And last year when he struggled, Dave Roberts said. The problem was that this changeup had taken a big stack. Well, I think that changeup has taken that same big step forward. It's back to the dominant pitch it was that made him such a top prospect. And the fastball, 95 isn't overpowering, but when it's paired with that changeup, it is overpowering. And, you know, and knowing he has the slider when he does need it and doesn't need to rely on it when when he doesn't need it, uh, you know, it, it's just, I, I think the slider is more of a pitch to righties and the changeup is more to lefties. And so it might've just been a, a case of who he faced in the lineup today that he didn't use the slider as much, but uh, yeah, whatever it was, he looked great. Yarbrough looked great. And the Dodgers now head into the, the Brave series with a fully rested bullpen because it's two straight games that they didn't have to use any of their top relievers. Yeah. And on top of that, the Dodgers scored seven runs paired by a couple home runs by the best buddies of Freddie and Jason Hayward. So all in all, not a bad night. Yeah, we, we could have spent a whole time talking about the offense and contributions there. But, you know, 11 hits, 7 runs, ho-hum, whatever. So that's what we get. Uh, we mentioned the Braves are coming to town. The Dodgers right now are four games behind the Braves for the number one seed in the National League. We'll come back in a minute and we will talk about whether or not the Dodgers actually want that number one seed, what it would look like being the one seed versus the two seed. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Bunches. Okay, Dodger fans, I have to tell you about a new app called Bunches. Bunches is in the new app built just for sports fans where you can chat in sports in real time. Click the link in the show notes or description to join the app and go to the Apple App Store and download Bunches now. I'm telling you, you're going to love the conversations with other Locked On sports fans. It's a free app where sports fans chat. And the Locked On MLB group chat group chat is on Bunches. Go there now and connect with other baseball fans. Chat your favorite team and keep up with the latest MLB news. Uh, we haven't had a lot of Dodger chat yet on that MLB group chat, so we'd love to see more Dodger fans on there because, let's face it, the Dodgers are the best team in baseball right now, obviously the best team in baseball all the time, always and forever. So let's talk more about the Dodgers there. You can chat about our team every day. And you can uh, download the Bunches app today. And when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked on MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the show, show notes and description to join the Locked on MLB Bunch community today. Hey, we are back. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. We especially want to thank our everydayers, those of you who are watching and listening every weekday morning. We love you. We appreciate you. We've got something cool coming soon, an opportunity to uh, interact with us even more. Uh, more details on that hopefully tomorrow. Uh, maybe not until Monday, but uh, keep your ears peeled for that. Uh, should be a lot of fun. And uh, if you're not an everydayer, 
just watch or listen every day. It's super easy and it's super fun. Uh, you can also catch every Dodger game, the Dodgers radio broadcast on Sirius XM or the SXM app. Just launch the SXM app and search for Dodgers. And we want to tell you, if you're watching this on YouTube, we'd love to hear from you in the YouTube comment section. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through social media or email or whatever. I'll give you all that contact info at the end, like always. Uh, so the Braves are coming to town for a four-game series. Right now, the Dodgers are four games behind the Braves. The Dodgers are 83 and 49. The Braves are 87 and 45. Uh, the two best teams in the National League, probably the two best teams in baseball record-wise. I know the Dodgers were behind the Orioles last I saw, but uh, you know, I think we all know they, that the Dodgers. They passed the Orioles now, I think. Oh, good. All right. So uh, perception, uh, Orioles 83 and 50. Dodgers 83 and 49. So yeah, so Dodgers half a game better than the Orioles. So, yep, Dodgers are officially the second best team in baseball record-wise, the best team in baseball in our hearts, as we all know. Um, but the team with the best record gets the number one seed in the in the playoffs. The team with the second best record gets the number two seed. Practically speaking, there's not a ton of difference between the one seed and the two seed in that neither of them has to play in the wild card series. And as of right now, uh, the Dodgers are nine and a half games ahead of the Brewers uh, for the Brewers are leading the NL Central. So the Dodgers have a nine and a half game lead on the third spot, the third seed, which would make them play in the wildcard series. So pretty much a sure thing that the Dodgers and Braves will be the one and two seeds in the National League. The question is, in which order? You know, the Dodgers do play four against the Braves. They could be tied for the best record in baseball by the time uh, this series ends on Sunday night, Monday night. What is it? Sunday? I don't know what day it Sunday, is. Yeah, yes. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, uh, yeah, Dodgers could be tied for the best record. They could make a big push for the one seed. And we got to thinking, they talked a little bit on the broadcast. Uh, I've been thinking about it anyway. Do the Dodgers want that one seed? Because the way it works is the, the one seed – well, the, I said the one and two seeds don't play in the wild card series. In the wild card series, you have the three seed, which is the winner of the National League Central, probably the Brewers. I think they currently have like a five game, four game lead on no five, six game lead, maybe on the Reds in the National League Central. Uh, uh, they're only like two up on the Cubs, two or three. Oh, that's right. the Cubs are in there. Oh, yeah. I forgot that the Cubs exist. Oh, yeah. So two, three games up on the Cubs. So probably the Brewers, maybe the Cubs. Um, that that team, the whoever wins the central will play the sixth seed, meaning the wild card team with the worst record, the third wild card team, which right now would be the Giants, uh, as things sit right now. And then the other two wild card teams would play each other. And then the one seed would play against uh the winner of that series between the the top two wild cards, and the two seed would play the winner of the series between the Brewers and the Giants right now. So as it sits right now, Phillies would play the Cubs and the Brewers would play the Giants. The Braves would play the winner of the Phillies Cubs. The Dodgers would play the winner of the Brewers Giants. And, uh, you know, there's no, uh, you know, we've talked in the past about should the best, the one seed get to choose their opponent. You know, I don't think any team would actually want to choose their opponent because that's just asking for karma to come back and bite you. But, you know, you look at all these teams, and every team that makes the playoffs has potential to be dangerous. The Phillies have a very good offense. The The Brewers have a very good starting pitching staff. Um, and so theoretically right now, the Brewers and the Phillies would be 
the favorites to win in the wildcard series over the Cubs and the Giants. Uh, I, I think, I think if I was ranking them though, uh, I don't know, Vince, who would you rather face the, the Brewers or the Phillies in, in the division series? Probably the Brewers, just because when offense is at a premium, you want to face the team that has less of an offense, less of, they don't have, like the Phillies have a lineup full of guys that can hit the ball over the wall, which is, you know, one way to, a, a more common way to to score runs in the postseason, just because that's the easiest way. We, all you got to do is hit over the wall. You don't have to string together hits. So I think that would be the case. I'm, you know, the Brewers are tough, and you got to imagine that just based on, you know, numbers-wise, that eventually the Brewers would beat the Dodgers in the playoffs. But, again, that's just based on non-logic rather than the logic of the Dodgers have the better team and uh, the better offense. And, in theory, they should be able to beat anybody that they play in that first round. Yeah, it seems to me that the Phillies and the Cubs, of those four teams that will be playing in the, the in the wild card series, the Phillies and the Cubs are the two best teams out of the four. Uh, maybe not record wise, you know, like we said, the the Cubs are currently a few games behind the Brewers, but the Cubs have a seventy plus seventy seven run differential. The Brewers have a plus twenty one. Um, it really is. You you could go either way, but the Cubs really struggled to start the season, and then they came on, and so I think. I assume if we would look at records since May or whatever, the Cubs have been quite a bit better than the Brewers. And yeah, I think the Cubs are a better team than the Brewers. And I think the Phillies are a better team than the Brewers. And I think all three of those teams are better than the Giants. And so as the two seed, the Dodgers would be in line to play either the Brewers or the Giants. And I think I'd rather play both of them than the Phillies or the Cubs. And so like, Obviously, I don't want the Dodgers to lose to the Braves on purpose or anything. Uh, I, I, I'd i even go so far as to say I want the Dodgers to be the one seed and just trust that, you know, the baseball gods will work things out as far as schedule goes. Um, but as far as, you know, I am perfectly happy in this two seed right now. Yeah, and that's right now. Uh, the Phillies have a five-game advantage, so realistically, they're probably going to stay in that four seed. The Cubs are two up on the Giants. Um, three up on Arizona, or two and a half up on Arizona, three up on Cincinnati. Miami's still kind of lingering, but probably out of it at this point. So, yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, the realistically, not based on the teams, because we're not going to know that probably till like the last couple weeks of the season exactly what teams are in it. You know, the one seed really only matters for one series, and that would be the NLCS. And you know, I would prefer to look forward to that NLCS. And if the Dodgers had to play the Braves, I'd much rather have the home field advantage in that series. We saw it play out not that great in 2021 uh, when the Dodgers didn't have, you know, lost the first two games of that series uh, via walk-off and, you know, just a different environment. Atlanta has a good baseball environment. They do have, you know, somewhat of an advantage uh, like the Dodgers do. And then, you know, pitching-wise, you know, I, I, we, it probably is different since all-star break, since trade deadline. But the Dodgers have the number four ERA overall at home and our number like 22 or 23 on the road. So, yeah, that's uh, worth. Yeah. Uh, but you can pick and choose who pitches where in the postseason. And so, you know, if you really do think, like we talked about, if they really think Julio is significantly better at home, you can hold him back for game three or even game four, you know, depending on who you want to go where. Um, but yeah, it, that, you know, the NLCS is a, a good point when we're talking about this. Uh, if you assume the Dodgers are going to be better than whoever they play in the NLDS, 
sometimes that matters. Last year, it didn't matter. 2019, it didn't matter. But most of the time, the better team is going to win. And so maybe you you want the one seed. So you have the home field advantage in NLCS. Uh, I do think that uh, I'll be rooting for the Braves to lose uh, before they get to the Dodgers because, you know, I'd rather have the Dodgers have you – know, I, I, it won't taint the world championship at all for me if the Dodgers, you know, play a fluke team. Uh, that, that got lucky to beat the Braves and then the Dodgers beat them. You know, last year the Astros beat the Phillies. The Phillies didn't be long in the World Series, but they got hot at the right time and they made it to the World Series and then they ran out of gas. Nobody is, you know, it, it, the Astros do finally have a legitimate World Series championship. It's legitimate even though it came against a bad team or a lesser team. And so I'll be rooting for that. I want the the worst team to make it through every series. I hope the worst team to make the playoffs in the American League gets through the World Series and the Dodgers beat them because you know, I want stress-free. But, uh, yeah, home field advantage would be nice. So, yeah, I, I guess you talked me into it. I hope the Dodgers sweep the Braves. I hope the Braves – the Braves could still drop all the way out. The Braves, if they just lose all the rest of their games this year, maybe they'll drop all the way out and uh, then we don't have to worry about them at all. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Would you rather have the Dodgers have the one seed or the two seed? And, uh, yeah, we're going to come back in a minute. We're going to talk a little bit about the National League Cy Young race, which is – all muddy, no real clear cut front runner. And we'll talk about, you know, does Clayton Kershaw have a chance to sneak in? Uh, so, yeah, keep it locked on, Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hey, we are back. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first assistant every weekday morning. I want to remind you, you can catch every Dodger game on the radio, the Dodgers radio broadcast on Sirius XM or the SXM app. Just search for Dodgers. You can also listen to this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. You can also listen to this podcast wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. You know how to listen to it. You're listening to it right now. We hope you will do that every day, become an everydayer. We love talking Dodgers with you guys. And uh, yeah, let's talk one last thing. The National League Cy Young race, Vince, it is, it's really, really unclear who even the front runner is, you know, because everybody's got different stats that they like. If you look at war uh, on fan graphs, fan graphs war would tell you that Zach Wheeler is the front runner for Cy Young. Uh, I don't know if anybody's even mentioned Zach Wheeler in the, uh, in, in the Cy Young conversation. I, now I'm pulling up the, uh, 2023 National League pitching leaders. So that would tell you it's Blake Snell. Zach Wheeler's down at number five. You know, fan graphs and baseball reference, they calculate war differently, especially for pitchers. Um, baseball reference is more based on what actually happened. Fan graphs tries to look at what should have happened based on uh, things the pitcher can control. So uh, basically, if you give up a bunch of singles and a bunch of runs, uh, you will look better on fan graphs than you will on baseball reference because fan graphs doesn't think pitchers are responsible for singles. And, and you know, in general, uh, I, I have, I have thoughts about this. Maybe uh, if anybody asks on the next mailbag episode, I'll tell you my thoughts on what I prefer. Cause I actually think they're both useful for different things when it comes to awards though. 
I would rather take baseball references uh, version because I think a Cy Young award should be for who got the best results, not who do I think will be better next year if they pitch the same way they did this year. It's who got the best results. And so baseball reference tells you it's Blake smell, Blake, Blake smell. Uh, I'm not going to correct that. Uh, then Logan Webb. I remembered Logan Webb's first name. I, uh, I never do that. Then Zach Gallon, Justin Steele, Zach Wheeler, Charlie Morton, Spencer Strider. And then in eighth place, uh, actually seventh place, Strider, Kershaw and Kodai Senga are all roughly tied for seventh place. And they're all with it. I mean, really four through 10 are basically the same. You go from 3.5 war down to 3.2 war in those seven spots. Uh, Blake Smell leads with 4.2 war. Uh, so like, you know, about one win better than the, that big bunch of people. Blake Snell though, I, I did some interesting research Vince, and uh, I actually had to, I, I made a spreadsheet and my daughter will tell you there's not much in life that I enjoy more than making a spreadsheet. Um, and because baseball references stat stat head tool is very, very useful, but they don't yet have a filter when you're doing a search for based on awards. I wanted to search for what is the highest walk rate for a pitcher who won the Cy Young award. And the reason I wanted to see that is because Blake Snell right now has a walks per nine of 5.1. He leads the league in ERA. He leads the league in pitching war, but he's walked 5.1 batters per nine innings. His walk rate is, is 13.7%. And so I made a spreadsheet to see, has anyone ever won the Cy Young award with walk numbers that high? Do you have any guesses, Vince? Do you think anybody has ever won the Cy Young Award with walk rates that high? Maybe one. No, no one. Uh, 13.7% walk rate that Blake Snell has. The highest ever, uh, actually back in, so the Cy Young Award was created in 1956. The third and fourth winners ever were Bob Turley in 1958 and early win in 1959. They're the closest. Bob Turley had a 12.6% walk rate and early win had an 11.1% walk rate. Uh, Turley's walks per nine was 4.7, wins was 4.2. And then in 1982, Pete Vukovic, who I once had a car named after, uh, had a 10.5% walk rate, 4.1 walks per nine. Those are the only guys ever to win the Cy Young Award with a, uh, a walk rate higher than 10%. Blake Snell is at 13.7%. He would be by far the highest walk rate ever to win the Cy Young Award. And that's why that walk rate is why Fangraphs has him all the way down at ninth in pitching war, down at 2.8 uh, wins above replacement. Uh, he's at 4.2 on baseball reference, 2.8 on, on Fangraphs because Fangraphs uh, believes, hey, you know what? Uh, pitchers who walk a bunch of dudes generally aren't very good. And Blake Snell... I swear it's on accident, uh, except one time I did it on purpose. But Blake Smell, I'm just leaning into it. Uh, he has had his good numbers because he has the lowest hit rate of his career, um, actually roughly in line with his hit rate the year that he won the Cy Young Award before. Vince, do you think Blake Smell can win the Cy Young Award despite this astronomically high walk rate? I, mean, I would assume so. I would assume that most guys that have a walk rate that high – didn't have, you know, low ERA and other numbers that Blake Snell has. So that would, that would factor into it. Uh, 
a lot of the odd makers have Snell at one and then like Strider, Gallon, two, three, Strider, Gallon, two, three, and then everyone else that you mentioned, like Burns and everybody else, uh, Justin Steele, all kind of in that mix. So it's a similar, but not like an overwhelming favorite anywhere. So yeah, if he can continue this, uh, I would imagine that he would still get some votes. And, you know, I don't know how teams are, are how you know, voters are, are the voters come down to people and people are never going to vote exactly rationally or, you know, anything like that. So, you know, maybe a team sees like the Padres and the dumpster fire that the season was and like, don't even vote for him because that like there he might lose votes because of that. We don't know um, because, like I said, it's all human based, but. Yeah, I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite, and if Snell is the clear-cut favorite, then uh, he obviously has some flaws. Uh, that could take away some votes for him. So last question. Clayton Kershaw theoretically has six starts left. If he went 6-0, and went six innings in each game, that puts him at 148 and a third innings. It's almost enough to qualify for the ERA title. Uh, puts him at 18-4 and win-loss record. ERA, you assume he'd be around 2.4. Not quite enough innings to qualify for the ERA title, but the best ERA in the league and an 18-4 and record. Do you think there's a chance Clayton Kershaw could sneak into that conversation? Yeah, there's a chance. I mean, last year, well, Verlander had 175 innings, so still not quite there. But it's like 2014 when he won the MVP. There's just nobody else there if he did do that. So he would have a chance. Uh, speaking of Kershaw, I do want to shout out one uh, listener on YouTube. Don't remember his name, uh, but he uh, he was not happy that we had good things to say about Clayton Kershaw. Uh, he even thought that what we were saying, it, just a remarkably uh, remarkable ability to miss the point when we talked about the solo homers and that's all the runs that Kershaw is giving up. He thought we were saying that Kershaw would look and see there's no one on base and decide to give up home run when actually what we were saying was he's done a good job of limiting base runners. So the rest of you got that. So shout out to the guy who didn't get it. Um, but anyway, Cy Young award race should be pretty interesting. I think that does it for today. Right, Vince? Yeah. All right. Braves come into town. Be sure to check those out and be sure to check us out tomorrow to talk about the first game. And then uh, we'll take the weekend off and talk about the rest on Monday. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, you can catch every Dodgers radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app by searching for Dodgers. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at VinceSince91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog. Our DMs are open. You can always reach out to us there. You can also email us, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com or send us a voicemail or a text message at 323-863-LOCK5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.